Hey guys, so um, on this next episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about science. Um, and I know um, that might be a little new for a lot of you guys, but um, if you don't know, I, I guess technically I'm a scientist. Um, that's what I study, that's um, my, my, my main um, occupation. And um, so I really do like having my science background because it allows me to understand some of the nuances of genealogy and stuff like that. And um, when we get into genealogy, a really big thing that I personally feel that uh, distinguishes genealogy from things like family history is kind of like the use of DNA evidence and really using a heavy research base method to go about whatever you're doing um so i approach um genealogy just as you know as i would uh any sort of experiment any sort of um science endeavor and so what um we have to understand is that uh with science there's always limitations right and a, another thing that we say in science is that we cannot prove anything to be true. We only can support things and uh, reject things, right? So when I, you might hear me using some of the correct terminology just for from force of habit, where uh, I might say, I might not say like, oh, um, this is this. I might say there's evidence that demonstrates or uh you know so based on my research uh this supports or my research supports that this is my fifth great grandmother or something like that because we don't have all the knowledge to 100 percent confirm this to be true but we have um substantial evidence that allows us to say okay well this is probably what's going on right okay so um when we talk about ancestry, DNA, 23andMe, and all of these things that use your DNA um, and assigned you matches and all of that stuff, that nature, we have to think about the fact that this is essentially what they're doing is what we call a scientific assay. It means they're using uh, scientific methods in order to uh, make a, an educated guess to determine what your genetic or ancestral makeup is and we say and they use the term ethnicity estimates because like again we don't necessarily um prove things in science they you know you you estimate you you know, and that's why your estimates might change. A lot of people have asked me, why does the ethnicity keep changing? Why do I have this sometimes? Why do I have that sometimes? And essentially what they're doing is they're basing it off of a reference population. And if they see that your DNA looks like the DNA uh, that people have from a certain region, a certain region of people who have been in that you know, people who have been in that region for a very long time, then they're going to say, okay, well, you likely, your ancestors are from that region, and that's why you have similar DNA to these people, right? Uh, but it's just an estimate, because we don't know for sure. It's just com like comparing your DNA to a, um, think of it as a model, or a, we call it a reference group, right? Okay. And so uh, one thing you want to know is that 
the amount of DNA, it really um, varies. And I know a lot of people probably already know that. You know that um, you're going to share more DNA with someone who's closely related to you than compared to how much you're going to share with someone who's maybe distantly related to you. That's 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 something that we know. Um, but uh, what I think a lot of people not, may not realize is that you are not going to share DNA with all of your cousins, even though that might seem like, wait a minute, what do you mean? Like I have like thousands and thousands of DNA matches. Like that has to be everyone, right? Eh, not quite, but true, because um, there are a lot. But if you think about it, you are going to have a huge potential of cousins depending on how far you go back but that's still not the entirety and there still are some matches there that maybe shouldn't be there and we'll get into that later um and so uh, some of the data that i collected from uh the dna geek uh website um and i um leia uh dr um I really um, admire her work, and I think she uh, is definitely a great scientist, a great, you know, geneticist. Um, so I definitely do trust this data. You're only going to share, uh, on average, it's like a 50% chance that you're going to share DNA with a fourth cousin. Well, not... Okay, let me make sure that we're reporting this stat correctly. It's about a 50% chance that you're going to match uh with a fourth cousin right so that's already a pretty low number for not that distant of a relationship fourth cousin isn't super super distant right and you're still only having about a 50 percent chance only that's like flipping a coin of matching with them so there are a lot of even fourth cousins that you're not gonna match with right um and then the numbers get even lower for example, there is a 4.2% chance that you're going to match with a sixth cousin. There is a 0.3% chance that you will match with an eighth cousin. So look at that. There's damn near a 0% chance that you will match with an eighth cousin. So that's something to definitely consider. I, per, for one, have seen where I have a paper trail and I know that I am related to someone. Like, I'll say, like, all right, well, um, this person is my seventh cousin two times removed. And I know that from our paper trail because I know we share this ancestor, right? But we don't match on ancestry because simply the relationship is too far. And then... Uh, maybe you might say, okay, well, that's going to be, maybe that's my grandmother's seventh cousin. So maybe I'll go on my grandmother's matches and say, hmm, is this person there? Maybe that person still won't be there. And you might say, wait a minute, that's crazy because if that's supposed to be on your grandmother's side, how does your grandmother not even match? But think about this. This is still a seventh cousin for her right so remember you are only you only have about a maybe a three percent chance of matching with a seventh cousin so that's normal you can expect to not match with that person that doesn't mean that you're not related that just means that you don't share enough dna uh for it to pop up in the system okay and so um you know, definitely you can use DNA for what um, 
Dr. Larkin or Leah Larkin that says uh, negative evidence, um, meaning that, uh, okay, this is only in cases where there is a close relationship and there is a virtually 100% chance that there's going to be DNA shared, okay? So, um, like, for example, there's a 100% chance that you are going to share DNA, no matter how little, how, how big, if that makes any sense, you know what I mean, um, with a first cousin, okay? So, if you have a situation where you, you're, you know, for what you know, let's just say you're a half sister or first cousin tested and you both tested on like ancestry for example and you simply do not um you you don't match right well that means yes you can confirm that that is not your half sister that is not your first cousin and no the dna did not make a mistake because in this for this sort of relationship being that it's so close there's no way there's virtually no way that you did not match okay no way um and i've never seen a case where people are supposed to match and they don't uh it should not happen unless like there's a glitch in the system which also should not happen all right um okay so why is this important well, you want to think about um, also because this this is, has to do with a lot of statistics. We definitely have to get into some statistic terminology. Um, like, does anyone know what a type one error is? You know, um, I think I had the my, the last stats class I took was um, almost a year ago. Uh, but you know, I think anybody in any sort of field that requires research. Um, should know at least a basic level of statistics and you want to know um, your errors and so in uh, statistics and also like in research in general we have error right that uh, that is just simply um, the chance or whatever or the possibility that what we're saying is not quite true um, because that's just how science works. Like I said, you don't prove anything to be true. Um, you are going to have error. And so a type one error is essentially the probability that, uh, you were saying that there's an effect, but there's no effect. What does that mean in terms of genealogy? So let's just say that I say that, all right, this person right here that is on my DNA match is my sixth cousin, right? So... There isn't going to be some inherent error in that conclusion. And a type 1 error would be me saying this is my sixth cousin when in fact this is not my sixth cousin. Okay. Um, and so we have to understand that there is going to be something that we call statistical noise. Um, that means you might have heard, you know, things like false positives, right? Where the, you know, they're saying like, you know, maybe Ancestry is telling you, hey, this is your, this is your, one of your cousins, but it, it, it's not, it's, it's just kind of that it's one way how that could happen, um, especially if you are from an endogenous community but even if you're not um but it is more likely if you are from an endogenous community um you your dna is simply just going to look like people 
from that area but that doesn't mean you're related it's like if everybody is like interbreeding and whatnot and everybody thus kind of has a lot of the same snps a lot of the same pieces of you know dna that look the same because a lot of people in the area have common ancestors then that might not be that oh yeah like this random person that's also from that area is really related or closely related that just means that you have similar dna um so this is why ancestry does not report down to like one cm or something like that because when you get to that point it's almost impossible to determine if this is an actual uh relative or just some you know noise uh also i tell people safe if you want to be safe don't put all your money on a match that is lower than about 16 to 20 cms because how um i read somewhere that at 8 cms there's a 50 percent chance of it being an actual match right meaning 50% chance you're actually related to this person, 50% chance you're not. That's pretty, mm. so to kind of get to the point where you want like to say with confidence, this match is 100% related to me in some shape or form. You want to be, for that you want to be at about the 16 CM, 20 CM range, okay? Below that, I am, I don't, I personally don't feel comfortable um, you know putting any definitive statements uh on anything and that's why you know i get into the fact of like this whole um you know a lot of people saying like oh i'm i'm looking for these matches with a hundred percent african ancestry and it's almost like they're like a treasure like a trésor, you know like a, a rare treasure or something like that and it's like you know i know you know i think we all want to be able to trace our ancestry as far as we can especially if that means like tracing it to the you know africa that's a huge accomplishment um that's a huge accomplishment i i am not going to deny it but i just want people to be a little bit realistic right so um we're gonna take a look at some numbers so the average generation is about 20 years we uh know that nowadays people don't typically have children at 20 it is a little bit later um but you know there were also people probably in the not so distant past that were having kids at like 15 um so yeah we're gonna say 20 um that's just a number that i've heard so if the average generation is about 20 um then that means for you to get to about your fifth grade grandparent or well actually no because you have to go through parent grandparent so parent grandparent grade two three four five that's actually seven look at that so then that means you that would be 140 years okay so let's just say you were born you're quite a bit older than i am and you were born in 1950 right if you were born in 1950 and you're looking for your fifth grade or your, well your fifth yes your fifth grade grandparents you would need to look in about 1810 okay um so here's the thing with matching with these um people uh these africans right 
it's tough. I'm not going to say it's impossible, um, but it is very tricky, especially if you are uh, either on the younger side and or you have a family that reproduces very quickly. Because if your family naturally reproduces very quickly, your X amount great-grandparents aren't going to be that old, right? Like, for example, since I'm young, my fifth great-grandparents, I mean, they were born, like, I mean, I don't have all of their birth dates off the top of my head, but I know one was born in, like, 1804, one was born in 1808, one was born in about, uh, you know, 1810-ish, around that, um, but I do have some that were born in the 1700s, right, um, so I think what, what gets a little tricky, you have to think about, like, kind of your family, what you're seeing in the paper records and stuff like that, and think, okay, well, if I'm going to have an, a match that I think is going to be a co- like, you know, uh, someone from Africa with whom I share a common ancestor, you have to think. You can't just say, oh, my God, 100% African. Oh, my God, I've traced my family back to Africa. This is great. No, you need to calm down, okay? You need to calm down and you need to, you know, think like I said, like a scientist. And you have to think about this. Okay, so um, what is the relationship between this person, right, and I? And, well, this person and me. What is the relationship between this person and me? Um, what, like, what can be our most recent common ancestor, right? Because here's the thing. In the U.S., technically, uh, the importation of slaves was made illegal in 1808. Did some slave ships wiggle their way in after that? Yes. But you have to think, what are the chances that my family was on one of those rare slave ships that came after it was illegal. Not extremely likely, maybe. Or maybe you have a one ancestor, two, that came on an illegal ship recently. But that's definitely not the majority of your ancestors, right? So, And we also have to remember that this uh, country has been, you know... Well, this area was, you know, people were here before this was a country, okay? So, um, you know, the first slaves really um, came to what is now the United States in the early 1600s. You know, that's why we have, uh, we just recently celebrated um, 400 years of, you know, African presence in the, um, or African descendant um, presence in uh, the United States. Well, you know, because that started in the 1600s, over 400 years ago. So, like I said, maybe if you're born in 1950, you could chase your family about maybe like 140 years back. But the first slaves were brought here, like they were brought here in maybe over 400 years ago. So your family very well could have came, especially if. You know, your family has long ties, you know, has been in the on the East Coast for a long time. Your family could have very well been here for 300 years since the like or more. Your family could have been here since the 1600s. And so for you to trace back to Africa, 
you need to maybe get to the 1600s and maybe that's a little bit of a stretch but for a lot of people it's definitely the 1700s you can't expect to have your tree ending at early uh, 1800s and think that you're gonna figure out some sort of match uh in africa it's not going to work okay and um it's just not um I mean, there are some people who have tested who are definitely older, like, uh, you know, I was just looking at my grandfather's tree. Um, I'm actually thinking about I am asking him to test when I see him maybe this weekend um, because he is almost 90 and I think that would be really cool. And he actually not only is he, you know, a bit up there in age, um, he uh also has an older family where his dad was born in the 1800s okay yeah my great-grandfather was born in the 1800s um and so my um my great-great-grandfather was actually born enslaved um you know in 1845 okay and so my grandfather i mean probably for him definitely his fifth great-grandparents were born in the 1700s okay um, the furthest I can go back really that I know is like maybe a fourth grade grandparent and the, but I don't have a date. I don't really have dates. The farthest date back is his third. Well, um, that would be his great grandfather. And can you believe that my grandfather, his great grandfather was born in 1825 that's an extremely long time ago. So yeah, if you're in that type of situation where um, you have either yourself, you're you know up there in age, and you have an older family, uh, or you know someone who is very old, this is why we want to get the oldest people tested in our family when they're you know still with us you know for like you know that's because the thing is their dna can trace back so far and i already have two of my grandparents tested um and i'm not gonna say that it maybe elucidated a whole bunch of stuff for me um but i because i just haven't been able to find uh, a whole bunch more but you might um, depending on what your research question is, you might be able to find an answer to that question by getting someone older tested. And I understand um, for a lot of people, grandparents are out of the picture. Just like for me, great grandparents are out of the picture. Some some of my friends, they have great grandparents alive. And I'm like, you got to get those people tested because that's insane that you have a great grandparent living as an adult. Um, and, you know, you, do, you have to try to like, you know, definitely get them tested because that's already that's a lot of generations going back there, right? You know? Um, so for me, I'm, you know, definitely fortunate to at least have my grandparents. So I'm definitely trying to get them all tested. Um, and, um, but even if you have parents, parents are better than nothing. I've seen so much more on my mom's test compared to mine. Uh, you'd be surprised how much of a difference that can make. Um, and, and it could be very different depending on, you know, for some people, their families are a lot, you know, um, you know, homogenous, so you might not see a lot in the ethnicity report or whatever, whatever, but you might see differences in like to terms of terms of like uh, the people you match with. Um, for me, um, you know, it's very interesting coming from a Creole family. If you looked at my results and my grandmother's results, you'd think like we're like not related because 
you know like she's just like way way more european than i am um and has like all these things that i didn't get like the, like spanish and all this stuff um you know um but that happens you know um that definitely happens like so that's the thing and that's normal you're not going to get every ethnicity that your grandparent gets and does that mean that you have that and i mean yeah i mean though that means essentially that that's that like if your grandmother gets italian and you don't that means you are italian you do have italian ancestors you're just maybe not um i don't know how to put it like genetically or like you're not like that italian if that makes sense um you know um and i think that would make sense if you had if you were dealing with people maybe not different ethnicities but different races right like if you were to sum up like you know some people maybe have one white grandparent and they might have like a hundred percent european dna maybe you only have like 28 but that does, that obviously still means you're obviously you have european ancestors you just don't have as many as that grandparent right so just because something's not on your test doesn't mean that it's not there. And I know a lot of people are going to like come asking about the Native American. Y'all got to leave that alone because it's getting kind of crazy. Um, do you have Native American ancestors? Perhaps. But it's kind of like, okay, like let's just say you have 32 third grade grandparents. Is it possible that you have one out of the 32 that is an indigenous person and you are not showing Native American on the DNA test? Oh, yes, that's very possible because it's far back. Um, are you part native, you know, native? I guess, yes, you are. If you, you know, you have that ancestor, but it's kind of like you have to think about it like you don't want to overemphasize like that, you know what I mean? Like, I know like for for me like i um i have german ancestry do did i get german on my uh ancestry test yes but it's extremely little so like i'm not gonna go i don't go around telling people that i'm german even though like i trace my family back to germany and i do get german on my ancestry thing it's just not a lot like i mean i mean like if somebody were to ask me like oh do i have german ancestry like that i would say yes but if somebody would to where does like say like what are you i wouldn't like that wouldn't be like one of the first things that come out my mouth i wouldn't be like, oh yeah german like that's like you know i you don't want to overemphasize like i feel like some people you meet you're like you know i'm native and i'm like oh um d'accord <laughs> I'm like okay, so I'm like oh like is your like your your grandparent like you know indigenous? They're like I don't maybe a little bit, and I'm like oh okay then, d'accord. <laughs> so um yeah, so I guess that's like really what I wanted to talk about. I mean, um just be very careful because you know if you're trying to match with someone um that is in africa you have to realize that what is the most recent common ancestor right because you have to realize that a lot of people um in the u.s there was a lot of what we call natural reproduction meaning the slave population was um just growing because people were having babies not because they kept importing more and more people it was just naturally growing and growing so they didn't really need to import more people and actually domestic slaves were actually preferred 
uh, over those who were, you know, just recently, like, you know, um, enslaved from Africa, because the thing is, they saw it as this, it's almost like, um, it's really bad to say, but um, they, you know, um, to be quite candid, um, a lot of people saw like slaves as subhuman. And it's almost like if you had an animal, do you want to get a dog from like that's been in a home in a shelter or some sort of like you know you know domesticated animal right or would you rather go into a forest and get a a dog that you found a you know laying down on a, a random hairy tree or something like that you know like you don't want that like that's kind of ridiculous because that dog is going to be like wait a minute like i'm not used to people telling me where to go like when to go to the bathroom where i can't go to the bathroom when i can go to the bathroom when to eat when to not eat and i'm not used to people dragging me around with this tight leash on my neck that's crazy and so i'm going to act ridiculous and that's how it kind of was for a lot of people recently enslaved they were not used to being enslaved they don't know kind of like how the system works like what you do what you don't do so it was a lot to manage and they would call it kind of like breaking in unfortunately um and that's just how that would work so if you got people um if you wanted like more um you know slaves you would prefer to get it from you know a population that had of people who had already been enslaved because they already know the deal and they're gonna maybe be less rebellious because for some of them all they knew was slavery so they were like you know, um, and a lot of people don't like to talk about the complacency um, that has been depicted in some um, shows like I know Underground um, showed that where some people, some of the house slaves were living comfortably and they were like, I don't want to run away because why would I like I, I have a bed here. I, I do my little work. Um, I eat my little food. Um, I live in this big fancy house. Like what is the what more could I want, you know? And, and so that was the viewpoint of a lot of enslaved people, especially probably if you were working in the house and it was, you know, about, you know, arguably a lot different than, you know, the backbreaking labor that was going on in the fields to a certain extent. Um, and so because of that natural reproduction, going back to that, like I said, you know, you're even though you might be very African just because, um, you know, your family had a lot less mixture. Some people get the report and they, they're like 90 something percent African and they're like, oh, my God, that must mean that I have a an ancestor that came over from Africa in like probably the past hundred years. Not exactly. It, it just could mean that, you know, you were in an area where a lot of people of African descent were just you know, having children amongst each other without, you know, any interference from, you know, especially like that is definitely true. If you were from an isolated population like the Gullah Geechee, um, you know, uh, largely isolated and um, they so they're going to have higher percentages of African ancestry. But a lot of the Gullah Geechee, for example, have been there for a very long time for hundreds of years and so i think um what you want to do ideally is you don't want to do what we call bad genealogy you don't want to do that um bad genealogy in my book there's a lot of ways you could do bad genealogy but an example of bad genealogy is um trying to go from past to present that's not how we do genealogy the uh important way to do it is to go back 
So you start with you and then go back and back and back and back and back. Not like start and say like, oh my God, there's this random person that I just found out about in the 1700s who may be anywhere from my sixth to 12th great grandfather. And I'm like, wait a minute, like that that's not, that's so, that makes me very upset as a scientist. Just letting you know. Um, it's, it's weird. Okay. So you want to go back and you might hit that brick wall. You might definitely hit that brick wall, uh, where we talk about like the, um, um, uh, like, you know, the 1870 brick wall where, you know, a lot of people, that's the first time they saw their ancestors who were enslaved and they're like, damn, I can't get past that. What do I do? What do I do? Well, um, you, there are a lot of things you can do. Um, it's not easy even for me. Uh, it's hard and I've been doing this for a few years. Um, I think you definitely have to try to, uh, figure out like, pay attention to where they're from who they're around try to locate the enslaver figure out who was maybe if they were on a big plantation people like that's you know some people had like hundreds of slaves and so like maybe in that little town there were only like two plantations that were just extremely large and so that's kind of like what you look through you look to say okay well either the owner is this person or that person and try to look look in that enslavers that uh enslavers records and try to find the name of your ancestor listed and you know sometimes and i've seen in those records they will list that oh this person was an african and so you just have to hope that you keep doing that until you can eventually find like oh crap this ancestor of mine that was listed was actually an african and unfortunately it might be tough because it like it might just be far back um a lot of people don't realize how far back it is and you know unfortunately um we we're not as connected to africa as a lot of people would think and that's why there are so many differences i think there's definitely a revival of like some sort of um you know, um, I don't know, cultural association with Africa uh, or something like that in recent times, in recent years, um, which is fine. But it's like, don't like, you know, you have to realize that you might think you know about Africa, but if you went to a country in Africa, where are you going? Uh, and what, like, you know, would you even know what to do how to speak do you speak the language do you know the customs do you know anything um no because that's not your ethnicity anymore you know you have ancestral ties to this place but it's not you you know i read a book by a scholar one time when i was on a business trip and um you know he was saying that it's a misconception that african americans are are Africans that are just like, you know, living in American society. That's not true from uh, ethnological studies and anthropological studies. We see actually that, um, that, um, that essentially culturally African Americans are, are mainly Western uh, a western ethnicity uh with 
admixtures, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, African mixed in. And that seems about right. You know, if you think about it, um, for a lot of black Americans, everything you do really is American. And therefore, it would be kind of, in my opinion, foolish to try to renounce any connection to an America if your family's been here for hundreds of years. How else, what else would they be? If you're in a place for hundreds of years, you're gonna be that, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know what to tell you. It's just like, you know, obviously we have Afro-Latinos. There are a lot of people who are black in Cuba, Dominican Republic. And, you know, to say they're not Dominican or, you know, or Cuban because they're black, that's weird. Of course they are. Their family has been there for hundreds of years. Just like black Americans are definitely American, uh, their families have been here for hundreds of years. Um, but there are definitely some elements of African culture that have been preserved and passed down, but very few, okay? Um, very few. Um, the, the majority is not there. We do have certain groups in the United States that are from separate ethnicities that are a little different, like the Gullah Geechee, the Creoles, and, uh, you know, people of that nature who, um, you know, were a bit more in to a certain extent you know they preserved the more african culture in some ways okay and so they might do things like you might see kind of like voodoo or hoodoo uh you know you you might see some practices that come from africa some foods that you know whatever whatever but you know for the most part like you know over the hundreds of years, the culture was unfortunately kind of um, erased. And that was the goal of slavery. A lot of enslavers had that goal. Because the thing is, if you can strip people of their identity, tell them they don't have culture, tell them they don't have language, tell them they're not a real person, they're going to eventually start to believe it. And the, the more, once you have that kind of like, you separate people from like, you know, their, you know, their being and who they are, it's easy to manipulate them. Um, and that was a really... Um, interesting tactic that a lot of enslavers did definitely use right um, if we took a broader look at things you know definitely we have maroon communities of escaped slaves in places like Jamaica and Guyana um, and Suriname where um, you know these um, formerly African and safe people they um, they ran away established their own population and so their their speech their culture is a little bit different um, it's a little bit more African than you will find on average, right? So, um, you know, you definitely have to think about it. Like for some people, connecting to someone in Africa would mean connecting to a 10th cousin um, because maybe the most recent common ancestor is a ninth grade grandmother, okay? Um, I know I trace my family. I know... Uh, one one of my ninth great grandmothers was born in Senegal, um, and we have um, you know information to support that. Um, I really only know that because that's on the Creole side, so it was easier for me to figure that out. But again, you see, that's my ninth great grandmother. You see how far back that is. You're not gonna typically find like, oh yeah, my third great fifth great grandparent was born in Africa. That's rare. Maybe for my grandfather who. Once again, because his grandfather was born in 
goddamn 1845, but was your grandfather born in 1845? You know, you have to think about that type of stuff um, and, and think about, is it realistic that I would match with someone from Africa after all these years, right? And if the answer to your question is, eh, I don't know, then what you're seeing is probably a false positive and not a legitimate match. Um, but I would encourage you to look at individuals who do have those older families uh, and um, or maybe if you know that someone came on like an illegal ship, then yeah, you could definitely trace that back. But, but I would say for the vast majority of you know, black Americans, Caribbean Americans, Hispanic, um, you know, Latin Americans. Uh, I personally don't think tracing or DNA matching with someone, uh, a cousin in Africa is possible um, based on what I've seen. Okay. Um, if you have an example and you have um, substantial evidence to support that, definitely do that um you know definitely yeah let me know because i would actually like you know that would be like really cool um so i know this is a longer one i really wanted to get into like you know um you know the science a little bit and um encourage you guys don't make your type one errors remember check you know dot your i's and cross your t's so to speak I mean, you know find all of that stuff out before you you run around and get your hopes up and it's not real and also think about this if you do happen to find a match maybe it's over 16 cm so you're like all right this is definitely a match this person's 100 percent african you could be 100 percent african and be anywhere does this person actually live in africa then you have to think about gosh does this person know their family history like all the way down to the point where they could actually help you figure out your connection to them because that takes a lot too even if it's only um for someone who might be really older, it might be like a third or fifth grade grandparent, maybe in a rare case. I mean, do does that African match know their third grade grandparents, fifth grade grandparents? That's where it gets also a little tricky. All right, so I'm gonna end this here, guys. Um, definitely thank you for watching, um, or I guess listening, because you can't see me, but you can hear me. Anyway, um, there's definitely a lot of new things that I wanna talk about um, in the near future, so um, definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, and let me know um, in the whatchamacallit, there's definitely a poll um, to kinda like, you know, evaluate how you like the lesson and stuff like that.